this is Roger Green, host of the Surfing the National Tsunami podcast. Today and tomorrow, we are offering five conversations from episode 25. Our same-day coverage of the nice guidance on use of FibroScan to detect advanced fibrosis and cirrhosis outside specialist and secondary care settings. This conversation starts with me providing a brief background on Nash Tsunami's coverage of the nice FibroScan question, and then asking Vanessa Hebditch of the British Liver Trust to discuss the work her organization has done on this issue. She starts by discussing the obligation NICE has to take feedback from multiple stakeholders and then describes the 16-month history of the discussion around this issue and British Liver Trust's role in it. In the process, Vanessa describes the value of anecdotes and patient-centered data in persuading NICE committees to think more expansively about the value of FibroScan and also the Liver Trust's effort to create an alliance of professional societies in support of this campaign. Louise Campbell picks up the conversation and discusses how revisions in data and models coupled with new perspectives led to a change in the NICE vision over time and produced this result. Will Alazawi discusses the value of FibroScan in preventive hepatology, but asserts that the level and nature of data necessary to prove the value of this intervention do not yet exist. He says that at the same time advocates promote use, these same stakeholders should, as he says, and I quote, put our feet to the fire, end quote, to produce evidence that will support the activity. Louise agrees and notes that the protocols will require those doing the scans to be trained and then assessed to assure quality. Finally, she agrees with Will that stakeholders need to collect data from all locations to assure quality and notes that no such process exists today. As I noted at one point during the podcast, Jeff Lazarus reported back in 2021 that the UK scored higher than any other country in its preparation for the Nash pandemic, although it scored only 50 points on a 100-point scale. The joint NICE guidance and NHS funding initiative have the potential to boost that score significantly and start to build a demonstration model for other countries. Done right, it's an exciting prospect, if a challenging one. So just sit back, listen, enjoy, learn, visualize what this could be, and when you're done, join the conversation in our LinkedIn discussion group. This episode's a bit of a celebration. As I say, it's the third time we've talked about this topic. The first was during the initial public comment period back early in 2022 when Louise suggested that we use an episode to, to address what might have been different ways to look at challenges in the original document and questions to be raised and to do that during the public comment period. We did that. And then we came back to it, I guess, last fall, maybe in October, which point in time the decision was delayed, but looking somewhat more promising. And here we are today with the decision and with the guidance. So, uh, Vanessa, I'm going to ask you as the person from the British Liver Trust who drove that piece of the, that very large piece of the boat on this, if there's such a thing as a piece of a boat. Can you take a few minutes and talk a little bit about the history of this process more broadly? Vanessa Hebditch. Yeah. So the National Institute for Health and Care Excellence, NICE, they've got an explicit mandate to include patient and public involvement when they're appraising technologies such as FibroScan or any other technology or medicine. So as well as looking at all those sort of population-based evidence on clinical and cost-effectiveness, they are required to take on board sort of more experiential evidence from patients when making a decision whether or not to fund something. This whole NICE process feels like it's been going on on this particular topic, FibroScan, for an enormous amount of time. And what happened was originally they looked at all the evidence and they came back in early 2022 and they decided that there wasn't really enough certainty to recommend it as a clinically effective and cost-saving option for 
for routine use in, in primary care and that more more evidence was needed about the relative performance when, when fibre scan was used in primary care compared with, with secondary care and there weren't enough studies to make that decision. And we obviously were a little bit alarmed about this because we felt that it would be a setback for us in terms of improving early diagnosis, which is a big campaign of the British Liver Trust. And we went about and started the, the appeal process that NICE has to try and give them some other sort of evidence. And I guess we, we, we sort of highlighted a lot of the data talking about why it's so important that we do improve early detection. And then we talked a lot about the patient experience and, and the quality of life aspects. And sometimes in NICE, I mean, they're very formal committees and they get very involved with looking at the economics, etc., etc. But actually, when you tell a story and then you suddenly see them start to think about that human impact. One of the stories I told was about someone that I'd just met previously called Hilary Todd. And she was a lady who, she, she took her grandchildren swimming and then she suddenly started started vomiting blood. She was rushed to A&E, diagnosed with advanced NASH, and it was too late for any sort of effective interventional treatment apart from a liver transplant. And luckily for Hillary, she did get a liver transplant and she's alive to tell the story and helps us and supports us and, and, and tells her story. But we, it was through telling those sorts of stories and also talking about, you know, some of the patient perspective about access. So we know that the average length of time, for example, for people going into to get a fibre scan the hospital is, is more than 20 miles and so it was sort of making you know from, from our patient surveys and things like that sort of making that really clear and how that having a fibre scan in the community it just makes sense it's, it reduces the need for those long patient journeys car parking at hospitals carers having to take time off work to take people in so it improves access but also improves compliance for those patients we know lots of people with liver disease have got really complex lives and they you know there's lots of do not attend and that sort of thing so having something in the community where it just makes sense for these patients so we put lots of arguments forward like that at the, at the sort of appeal session and wrote things and the other thing I think we did was we brought together the liver community in the UK so we, we managed to get the agreement of our submission from both the British Association for the Study of Liver Disease and also the British Society of Gastroenterology and the British Liver Nurses Association so I think having that combined approach patients and clinicians saying the same thing I hope well, was instrumental in getting them to change their minds I don't know Louise you were really part of it all as well I don't know if you if you've got some other things to add Louise Campbell no I, I think that was key a couple of the things that also struck me during it was what nice ask for is obviously evidence but it's only UK-based evidence now there are strong cohorts of evidence in small pockets Nottingham South Hampshire things like that but they're all delivered by specialist areas into the community and I think one of their questions was would we lose the skill set when you take it out no we won't and I think we did because I sat on the expert side so I wasn't on the committee but we were reading and advising at the beginning with a set of hepatologists and others involved in that so we worked really hard to review that evidence quite clinically but also give the benefit of I've sat on both sides I do this now for a living in community and from delivering and designing pathways within the NHS for delivery of 
fibrous cans. So it's a different side. I, I've got a foot in both camps, so I can see the both sides and, and look at those arguments. But some of the things that we came across were what the liver community has done. We look at what progression of fibrosis over seven years. So when we look at a time scale, they didn't like the time scale that EchoSense had a one year timeline, were asked to keep it short, then it extended out. So we were, it appeared that you were damned if you did and you were damned if you didn't because of the speed of progression is slow. So therefore, it doesn't fit how they got data. I think they listened and there were some very, very good lay members on the committee and some primary care physicians who reassured NICE that this was not about a free-for-all. And this document is not about a free-for-all for every single person coming in currently who could be considered to have poor liver health. It is about referring the main liver pathways for hepatitis B, cirrhosis and fibrosis above the age of 16 and for the NAFL pathway. So it's very, very particular and looking at how we get them into those pathways. But it does free up, I would hope, a lot of secondary care. And I think they did listen and they were able to see that benefit. The costing is difficult because if there was no specific tariff for Fibroscan. Some, one of the tariffs that's used routinely is ultrasound elastography, which is not the same thing. And it was first reviewed, I think, and this was a sticking point at the beginning, by radiologists. And it's not a radiology procedure that's delivered in radiology. And I think that really threw that beginning process. So that's probably why it took longer to get back to where it really was and where it is. No, I, I agree. I, I think we had to sort of explain that fibroscans are really relatively easy tests to conduct and it doesn't need to be conducted by imaging specialists at all. Um, you know, healthcare assistants and technicians can be trained to deliver some of this. William Elazawi. So I'm going to just, can I just take a slightly different view? So I think there is no doubt that if we're thinking about early detection and preventative hepatology, which is how I like to think of what I do, then there is no doubt that democratising access to liver fibrosis assessment, taking it out of the hospital, putting it into primary care is exactly what we would ought to do. We've demonstrated, I'm, I'm quite impressed that it's not wedded to one particular pathway, that the guidance remains pretty agnostic as to how you might make it work. It certainly speaks to local. I don't think it specifically says local, but it kind of says it needs to be within a care pathway and it leaves it at, at that. So a good thing has happened. There's no doubt. Okay. Essentially, we're taking early detection into the community. More people are going to be able to have their fibre scans done. But I don't think we should think that we've demonstrated the evidence to as high a standard as perhaps we might do if we didn't have this situation of a vacuum of any other tests or any other convenient tests to do this. So we essentially, despite all the talk and all the sessions and all the different parallel splinter meetings, we only really have two types of tests. We've got a calculated score and we've got a special score. By and large, that's FIB4 followed by Fibroscan or Nathal fibrosis score followed by ELF's test or something like that. We don't know about the implementability of this. We don't actually have the data to say that it's going to be implemented in exactly the same way in secondary care as it is in primary care. We don't know the accuracy of this test in a different population. We're talking about a test with a very, very different uh, pretest probability in different populations and how's that actually going to be used. We don't know about feasibility. We don't know about acceptability yet. So 
I think we need to be very careful. On the one hand, we should absolutely champion the achievement and we should encourage our colleagues in primary care and other non-specialist settings to take up the opportunity to think about liver fibrosis. On the other hand, we should keep our own feet to the fire and continue to strive to develop the right evidence base to confirm or refute the notion that this is what we should be doing. And I remain keen to that that second bit doesn't fall off the radar. I think that's true. And I think the end of the document and certainly a lot of the stress within the meeting was on the fact of collecting the data when this goes out into the out of the secondary care control and specialist care. And it's really important. Part of the recommendations are about maintaining people's ability to scan, about monitoring the quality. And I think that's not something that is genuinely done in secondary care. And we just let people scan. There are lots of physicians scanning who probably only do a handful. So they're now going to have to come under a designed remit for assessment from this documentation to ensure that quality. But we need to collect the data throughout every location that this is performed in. They need to be committing. But I don't think there's a framework yet for that. And I think that was one of their concerns. And now back to Roger. We hope you've enjoyed this recording. If you have any questions or comments about the content of this conversation or the entire episode, please put them in the review section of the page from which you downloaded the conversation or send an email to questions at surfingnash.com. Next week, we continue our Easel Congress previews. Until then, stay safe, surf on, and we'll see you on the podcast. Bye-bye now. Bye-bye.